Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hey, hey, property magicians, how are you? Welcome to episode 111. Wow, guys, like... I can't believe we are now in the 100s, in the triple digits of our triple podcast. Triple digits, yes. And not only <laughs> that, we also have a stock file. So before we go into the stock file and this podcast, let us introduce ourselves. My name is Wangile Makwakwa. I'm your host for the I'm your host for the podcast. I am the founder of Wealthy Money, and I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. And with me today is my incredible co-host. Thank you, Vangile. Yeah, last time you were flying solo, right? The previous episode. I know. Yay. It's good to be back. I'm Dr. Miranda, Prop Doc Mom. Find me on Facebook. Face page, Facebook page is Prop Doc Mom. On Instagram, I'm Dr. Miranda underscore Prop Doc Mom. I'm the co-host of Property Magicians Podcast and the co-founder of the incredible Wealthy Ones Property Stockfell, our Stockfell, yeah. which is the official sponsor of this Property Magicians podcast, by the way. Mm. And we have just concluded deal number three about three days before the recording of this podcast. Incredible journey of partnering with developers and and, and providing the money that they need to start their projects. So if you haven't joined us, find us at www.wealthy-money.com dot com forward slash stockfell s-t-o-k-v-e-l wealthy hyphen money dot com forward slash stockfell yeah and guys just to add to what Mizo was saying we have given a developer for our third deal 1.2 million rand, which mm-hmm. I know it's between the region of 80 to 90,000 dollars. I know. <laughs> we haven't uh, done the proper calculations, but it's really, really exciting. Um, this, so we're now um, loaning money to developers. This is our thing with the stock file. Since we yeah. started the stock file in August, at the end of August 2021, we yeah. have raised 2 million rand, which is over 100,000 US dollars sure. um, that we've raised and that we've invested in different uh, developments and with different property investors. So if you want to join us, please go check out the webpage that Miso spoke about. But for today, we have an incredible guest by the name of Anaya Robinson, and she is here all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, in the US, yeah. and she's going to talk to us about getting her first multilet and her entire real estate investment journey, which is so inspiring, especially because she's 28, she's a first-time mom, and she's been an entrepreneur most of her life. So this yeah. is so, so beautiful. 
it is. It is. You are going to be so blown away. I I just love how 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 easy it was. Firstly, she's a mom. Secondly, mm. she's a black woman. Thirdly, yeah. she's a millennial. I am just blown away at how she started her journey. She didn't wait mm. for perfection. She didn't yeah. wait for perfection and she is on probably strategy number three by now. And she keeps doing, you know, and keeps going. Yeah. And this is, yeah. why, this is what scares most people. They don't even want to start. They don't, mm. they don't know how to start. They don't get a mentorship, but they yeah. don't even want to start because I hear it's too difficult. Oh, I hear it, it needs a lot of money. Mm. Guys, this is the podcast for you. Yeah. All right. So without further ado, without further ado, let's get started and get to know more about Anaya. Hi, Anaya. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Hi, Anaya. Uh, oh, my gosh. Thank you for saying yes to our show and for making the time for us, baby and all. <laughs> Guys, for those who are listening on the podcast, we have got a double whammy here. So we've got a six-month-old, a property investor with mommy. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. Well, Anaya, please introduce yourself. Tell us, who are you? How do you define yourself as a soul and what do you do? Um, well, yes, my name is Anaya. I am currently 28 years old with a little boy, me, my husband and my son. Um, we live in Georgia, which is in the United States. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, basically I was, I was uh, born into an entrepreneurial family. So uh, my family has owned restaurants since I was little. Um, okay. So I just grew up around a lot of business. Um, and then I decided to go to college um, at okay. the University of Georgia and study more business. So I studied business management while in college and graduated in 2015 and started running my family's restaurant business. Okay. Um, yep. And that same year when I graduated, I was invited to a free, you know, real estate conference. Um, and once I went there, that pretty much started my journey. So, you know, currently I, I now work with my husband in our, in our uh, bakery business and I do my real estate and, you know, just as a soul, I, I love nature. I love, you know, spending time with, with my family, um, and, you know, just, just focusing on, on family time is what I love to do in my, my spare time. All right. That is so interesting. That is so interesting. I can't, yeah. So, so because of the, because of the free seminar on, on real estate, is that how you got into real estate? The yes. house that you own though, do you own your own primary house and did you know you're getting into real estate business or when you bought your first property, it was just roof over your head? Hmm. So actually the first house that I bought was uh, an, an investment property to fix and flip. I actually didn't even know how to buy a house regularly. Before. Right. I only knew how to buy houses from an investment standpoint with, 
um, with hard money, which you don't really use to buy regular houses, you would get like a regular mortgage on it. So yeah. I actually really didn't know how to buy a house in a regular way, primarily for myself. It was really just investment properties. Uh, my mom, she was involved in real estate um, a little bit before um, okay. I, I knew about real estate, but I didn't really learn from her. I guess I was really focused on the, the restaurant side of um, the business. So okay. yeah, the free seminar really got me into it because I just started to realize all the different ways you can use real estate uh, as a retirement plan. Uh, yeah. Kids through college. There's multiple ways to invest in and use money sure. from the house to pay off or serve as a loan for different things. So once I got into that seminar and I learned, um, I actually bought my first investment property. And I really didn't buy my first primary home until three years later in 2020. Okay. So and even that I bought it and I lived in it, but I had two I had two sides. So I rented out the other side and I lived yeah. on the other so I could live for free. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So you did house hacking right from yeah, the bed, right from the bed. That is so interesting. Let's backtrack. If you say you're 28, then you bought your first house three years ago when you were 25. No, I bought my first, I bought my primary home three years ago. Um, and I was, yeah. so how old was I? Like 26? 25. 25. Yeah, 25. I bought yeah. my first house though which was an investment property at 2017 so i was either 23 or 24 when oh i bought gosh. My house to flip it and sell it so yeah i sold it i was like 23 when i sold sold it yeah yeah, yeah. and so, did you call it flipping did you know that it's flipping yes uh we did yeah. call it flipping we like to say uh home renovations a little bit more than of sometimes the term. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. rehab, that's really was my first rehab was, okay. was bought it in 2016, sold it in 2017. Yeah. Awesome. Oh. So, um, Anaya, please, can, can we just backtrack? Backtrack, so yeah. That first house. Tell us about that first property. To walk us through the journey, what was it like? How did you make this decision that, yes, I'm going to buy this house now in 2017? And what do you mean by hard money? We've got people from all over the world listening to this podcast. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, so I actually found that house. It was a marketing method here that we have. It's called direct mail. Um, okay. What that is, is you send out mail pieces to houses that are that list that I chose was houses owned by people that live outside the state. And they would okay. rent property. So if I'm in New York, I would have a house in Georgia, but I would rent my house out in Georgia while I live in New York. Um, okay. A lot of people that own out of state houses, the tenants can be really hard to manage. Um, mm. So they want to kind of get rid of the house. So I sent out mail and I actually got a response from the owner. Um, they had a house in Georgia. They lived in like Virginia somewhere. So that's about, I don't know, maybe six, seven hours away. Okay. Board. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, they said, Hey, I want to sell the house, but the tenant is in there. Um, and that was my first one. So I didn't feel comfortable not being able to see the house because they didn't want me to go in there while the tenant was in there. Um, okay. so I was like, you know, no, that's, you know, I, I really need to see the house. Um, now I can handle that differently with some experience, but back then I didn't know how to handle that. So when a tenant came out, they actually ended up listing it online. So now everybody knows, right. Cause they could see it. Sure. Whereas I sent sure. the mail only I knew. So I'm panicking because I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody else is going to try to get the house. Let me hurry up and reach back out to them. So by this time the tenant was out. 
And I got the house under contract, thankfully. Um, it was for more than what they were going to give it to me before. But, you know, I, I still ended up getting it. Um, and so, yeah, that one was it wasn't a big renovation, um, just flooring, walls, electrical plumbing, the whole nine. But I didn't have to destroy a lot of walls and um, tear a lot of stuff up. It was just kind of updating it. Um, so it was difficult because I finally got the house and I didn't have a contractor. And my coach had told me to find a contractor before I get the house. But I was so focused <laughs> on finding the house. I was like, I'll get the contractor. So later yeah. I online and I literally took the first contractor that I found. Right. It was a disaster. Um, oh Tell us about the disaster. That is so <laughs> I actually I changed contractors five times on this house. This first house. I had like five. Yo. What? Five times. Yeah. Yeah. The first one yeah. was telling me he's pulling permits. Um, here we have to pull permits to do certain things to the house. He's telling me I'm pulling permits. I'm pulling permits. My house sat for two months with no work and there was still no permits pulled. So um, I wasted. What two sort months. of permits are these? Um, these for the HC want to mm -hmm. do certain things to the house. So like in the city I was, if you wanted to change out the windows, you would have to get approval from the city. Because you can't course. just throw up any kind of house any kind of way. It has to have certain um, regulations. So he was trying to pull permits because we were going to knock down a few walls, windows. Um, right. And I think right. some of the electrical work. So he kept telling me he's pulling it and he's not pulling it. You know, and I didn't have enough um, knowledge then to actually check because you can actually check online to see if the permits are being pulled. Right. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I fired him. And then I got another contractor um, right. and, and let me backtrack to the hard money. How did I actually get the money for the okay. property? Okay. Um, so by this time, I really didn't have any money myself. The property, I was buying it for uh, about 55,000. And I think the rehab was like another 30 plus thousand. So I needed about My um, goodness. 80, 80 or so thousand dollars. Mm. Um, mm. 80 plus. Yeah. So I, uh, a hard money lender, you have banks, the mm -hmm. regular banks that'll lend on, um, a house, but they have a lot of like red tape. It takes like at least 30 days, um, oh. and they ask you for a bunch of documentation. So they're hard to get, um, for these kind of properties for sure. investment. Then you have something called hard money and you have yeah. private money. Private money is people that you know, right? My, mm. my, my mom has lent, she's been a private lender. Friends I've known have been private lenders. Private lenders are like relationship based. You know them, they uh, trust you, here's money, like zero red tape or documentation. They just know you, they'll give you the money. Hard money right. is between, between the bank and the private money. So like, they're not going to ask you for as much documentation as the bank, but they also don't know you. So they're not going to lend to you like a private lender. So they want to still see stuff like your credit score. Um, mm -hmm. they want to see that you have some money in the bank. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, they'll just, they might ask you for your W2 or if you make any money from work. From so they work, ask yeah. you for some documents, but nowhere near as much as the bank and they can close really fast. They can close in like two weeks. Yeah. Um, so that's so, what I went with and they gave me about $83,000. That's not um, bad. I got 83,000. So would we be kind of like hard money, right? We are hard money. We are hard money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
We are hard money, the interest rates vary, right? So for the banks, the interest rate is really low because they ask you for all the documentation as possible. So they give you a low interest rate because they're your low risk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Private money, um, they're kind of in the middle, like maybe 8% or so, yeah. uh, a little bit higher than the bank, but they know you, so they won't overdo yeah. it. Hard money is yeah. the most expensive. <laughs> so they'll do like 12 to 15% because they yes. don't know you. They're not asking for as much documentation and they're fast. So they're going to say, okay, I'll do all this for you, but you're going to pay more. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's you all. Okay, good. Now I know who to go to when I, when I come visit <laughs> South Africa again. <laughs> we good. Yeah. So you've been here. I have. I went. That's how I met Shia. I went to South Africa in what was that two or three years ago? Yeah, oh, before COVID. That's awesome. Yeah, before COVID. Yep. Yeah. So anyone yeah. Durban and Shia is our assistant for the podcast, and she uh-huh. set up this interview with Anaya. <laughs> oh, okay. yep. Joburg and uh, Durban. That's where I was. Oh, that's nice. You went to the warm coast. That is absolutely fabulous. That is such a great thing. So, and um, so you, you needed to refurbish the house and then you sold it and pay, paid out your lender. Yes. Yep. And this lender, they didn't give me all the money at one time. They kind of like reimburse you. So if I say my 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 uh, windows are three thousand dollars, I first yes. have to pay for the windows, and then they come and inspect. Did you do the windows? And then they'll give me back the three thousand. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you yeah. want a big chunk, you have to spend a big chunk first, and then yeah. they reimburse you. So that's okay. also different from private money. They'll just usually give you all of it one of time. Of course. Back yeah. 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 Okay, okay. And um, while you were refurbishing, and I, I, I like stories of people who end up flipping houses, did you know anything about building or you just relied on this contractor will know what, what needs to be done, whether I should put a layer of this kind of cement or whatever was it was it all by the book or you learned as you went and did you make money by the way okay um so before i got into doing real estate i actually joined a program it was called fortune builders and it taught okay. you how to do real estate how to invest and it gave you all the documentation you needed you had a coach for like six months that kind of walked you through the process so okay I paid a lot of money to do it, but um, it was way worth it because by the time you yeah. build like second house, you've you've paid it off. So yeah. I did not go in without an education. Okay. Um, and I recommend everybody to do that. They asked me, what should I do first? I'm like, educate yourself. Uh, everybody can't learn through books and YouTube. Yeah. I think it's kind of risky. So I educated myself. So by the time I got there, though, you know, it's time to put everything that you learned to the test and it doesn't yeah. go as planned right so I didn't go in without knowledge but still since it was my first one um it was just a hurdle after hurdle obstacle after obstacle just trying to put what I learned to the test so it was hard I wasn't clueless though um and my contractors like I said I had five of them um and so I I knew enough to say okay you're not gonna work let me go find another (laughs) 
<laughs> but why didn't you give up though, Anaya? That's so interesting for me. What, why didn't you give up? What made you stay the course? Uh, I mean, well, contractor yeah, one, I... contractor two, contractor three. My goodness, what <laughs> makes you stay? <laughs> what made me finish the deal was because that deal, I owe people money, right? Cool. <laughs> so right. I had to make sure I sold it to pay off the lenders. Um, but, uh, <laughs> what uh, helped me going, and you asked me if I made money. I did make money, not as much yeah. as I had wanted. I made like 15000 I would have lost money if the house down the street didn't sell for higher than I thought my house could sell. Because here, the okay. house values matter, like how much the house of sold course. next so since that one sold like thirty thousand dollars over what I thought was going to sell my house for, when it came time to sell my house, I bought my price at thirty thousand. Of course. <laughs> so that of made course. me make like fifteen thousand dollars. So I made money. So I wasn't so discouraged afterwards to say I'm going to give up because I did make money. I learned a lot, um, and I, you know it was exciting, and I was just ready to do more. Okay. All right. Okay. Get <laughs> after that. So. You've just made $15,000. You've just flipped this. You've made a bit of money. What did you do next? Um, so next I started looking for another property. Um, mm -hmm. But I was supposed to travel. I was supposed, this might've been the first time I was supposed to go to South Africa or I was supposed to go to Ghana. Um, mm. and I was supposed to go for like uh, a month. And so I said, you know what? I have this money. And I don't want it to just sit in the bank. I want it to earn some interest. So I decided to be a lender. So I oh, took the nice. money and some of the money that I just got back extra. And I lent that out while um, I didn't end up going on the trip, um, but I lent my money out. So, and I lent that money out from 2017 and I got it back this year. So I had like doubled, you know, my money by then. I think I made probably 20 plus thousand in, in interest, just interest alone. Just interest alone. I, I let it out and then I just kept looking for more properties to buy. That's it. I love that. Yep. Um, so, yeah, my next property that I bought was probably, I don't know, was it a year, a year and a half after that one? Yeah. Sure. Oops, hold on. Okay. Then. Sorry. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So listening to Anaya <laughs> with the baby, we're gonna pause for a second now. So Anaya, this is this is getting juicier. So you've made some money, you have become a lender. How do you move from first property to second property? And what did you buy? Did you know what you wanted to buy? Yeah, so the next one I actually did was a partnership. It's we call it JV deal. So I actually yeah. partnered with a friend of mine. Sure. Um, and this one was well, I'm sorry. No, before that one, I actually bought. Uh, let's say with the partnership deal. Yeah, so I had the partnership mm. deal, and we went in. This mm -hmm. one was definitely a larger scale rehab. So we actually okay. added on an addition to the back of the house, master bedroom. Um, bathroom so it was a lot more construction work okay. um it was uh <laughs> a lot more money than we thought also because this was our first time doing a deal this large so this large. yeah mm -hmm. i typically um sometimes i don't really look for jv or partnership deals just because 
it can kind of get difficult when you are working with someone. Um, okay. But this one I actually knew the person for a long time. So okay. again, that one I learned a whole lot from. Mm -hmm. And um, after that is when I started moving mainly into the rental property phase. Okay. To realize rehabs are cool. Yeah. My work, because I'm still working. Um, okay. It was a lot to try to do the rehabs and work. And I just enjoyed renting. It's like I bought it and I could just deal with tenants on, okay. on a month to month basis. So yeah, that's, I moved from, focusing on rehabs to focusing on rental properties. And then again, I okay. bought my first rental in 2018. All right. So a little bit about that first rental. What was, how many units was it? What were you looking for? Um, how did you buy it? Walk, walk us through the first rental. Okay. So this one, we call it over here, it's called a FHA loan. So it's basically for first time home buyers. They don't have a lot of yeah. money. And so you get a really low um, a down payment that you have to pay on the house, only 3%, where usually at conventional, you have to put down maybe 20% to buy your house. So this house sure. only had to put down 3%. It was two doors. So it was a duplex. Okay. Um, and not, and let me not, let me correct myself. It was a single family first, but I converted yeah. it into a duplex. It was real easy to do that. I just had to close off one side to make it into two separate houses. <laughs> so- that's what I did. And I made it into two doors. Um, I just found that one online on the, on, on Zillow, I think. Um, and yeah, me and my agent went through the process of buying it. I used mostly my funds that I had made from work that I saved up to buy it because I didn't need a lot of money down. So, um, I didn't have to go hard money or anything. I just did the typical mortgage from the bank. So they wanted a lot of documentation and paperwork, <laughs> but um, I—that's the way I bought my first primary home. Okay, and you said on your primary home though you made a division and then you rented out one part and you lived in the other part. Yes. So you did you did a house hack? Yes. I did. Not only did I live on the other part, but it was two bedrooms. So my friend, she rented out one of the other bedrooms. So I rented <laughs> out one full side and I rented out another bedroom. So I was living there for free and I was making some money at the end of the month. So it was you like a, a master. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> Listen, you are a master. I love that. I, I just love the boldness of it as well. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Wow. <laughs> Just when I was trying to get around the, the house hacking, house hacking and co-living and making some more money. Yeah. No, you're clear. You're clear. You're clear. But let me tell you, Anaya, a secret and, and, and you're going to tell our listeners. So on your Facebook page, the first thing that jumped out was a vision board that you had made. I don't know when it was made. And I want you to tell us a story about it because it's got multiple doors there, something that you wrote in your vision board and, and that's actually happening now. Is, is this your third property? So um, this property that I bought on my vision board, I think it's like my sixth property that I bought because I bought other rentals, other did a wholesale deal. So this is like the, my sixth property. Um, oh my my board I made in 2019 and I made it with my husband before he was my husband. 
Okay. Um, and then, and uh, by that time I had decided, you know, I really want to get into rentals, but I don't want to have a bunch of houses in different places and, you know, maintenance issue running around. I was like, look, I want all my doors in one place. And so I wrote on that vision board. Um, I read a book called think and grow rich. So yes, love it way to write out um yeah and on that vision board there's i wanted it in forest park so i even printed out pictures of multiple units in forest park like the pictures were not random either they were actually where i wanted my unit and the first unit that i saw was actually one of the units on the pictures no way random picture (laughs) i pulled from google it's not like they were listed and it was 16 doors which on my vision board, I wanted 16 doors. Or for those that don't yes. know doors, we say six, 16 rental units in, in one building. Okay. So wow. that one, um, that was like $750,000, like almost a million to buy that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and again, going from a duplex and I also had a single family rental, it was kind of like a big jump, right? It so is a big jump. I still decided, <laughs> look, I'm going to try this anyway. <laughs> so um, I did not get that one. But what that taught me was how to go about getting a multifamily. Getting one. Like, completely different from trying to get a single family or duplex, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I had to learn about writing letters of intent over here. That's- Mm-hmm. Pause there, pause there. Vangile wants to take you back. I like it. I like okay. it. So you just said something very important, right? What I love, yeah. and I, as you said, I didn't get it, but it taught me how to go about getting it. Um, so tell us, and you said there's a difference between um, a single family and a duplex and then getting the multi-lit. What do you mean by that? What did you learn in that process of not getting it? Because I think... The reason why I ask this question is because most times we think because we didn't get it, that's it. We need to do it. not for us. But you learned something from that. The not getting it, the journey is as important as when we get it, right? Yes. So walk us through, what did you learn? Um, Yes, like you said, just, just understanding that you know, things in life, they don't always happen the way you want them to happen, but trusting that they happen the way they're supposed to, to prepare you for what it is that you want. So I've always had that mindset that, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it with a purpose. So even though I didn't get it, I was like, okay, I learned so much more. So with Mm -hmm. a regular single family, all I had to do was like go in, I could look at the house, first of all, before I even put in an offer a lot of the time. Right. So because multifamilies typically have tenants, they don't want you going in there before you put in an offer, right? So I learned then I need to wait until I get the house under contract. And I didn't only learn this through that process, but I learned for sure multifamily, I need to get the house under contract first before um, I actually get <clears throat> the the process going. So, okay. and then with a single family, I had to sign a certain kind of contract Okay. family they look for something called a LOI first typically it's called a letter mm-hmm. of intent it's not a contract it's like oh, a pre-contract okay. before the contract right so you mm-hmm. lay out the terms that you want um how much you would buy it for and then both parties are supposed to sign at the bottom and you mm-hmm. use this letter to yeah, make the contract right oh, okay because uh, the contract can be extra I had a 
commercial contract. I didn't use it for this one, but my commercial contract was almost 30 pages long. And a wow. single family yeah. contract was only like wow. three pages, four pages. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's different kind of contracts. Um, mm -hmm. I learned that I learned how to put in an offer. Um, and I also had to learn how do I find the funding, right? So yeah. you have funding for single family and you have funding for multifamily. Multifamily oh. is commercial funding. At oh, least cool. four units and above, they consider that multifamily. Multifamily. You have yeah. to get commercial. You can't get um, <clears throat> a normal mortgage. Funding. Yeah. So yes. now you're in another league of banking. You know, they want different stuff. Shockingly enough, though, it can actually, it was actually easier for, for me to close on the multifamily than it was to close on my duplex. Yeah. Of course. Because the um the amount of paperwork was less because they're so focused on the actual property rather than on you. Yeah. So they want to see the rents. They want to yeah. see what expenses come with it. They want to see how updated the units are. So you go through a yeah. whole inspection. That's yeah. what they care about. They the from you, they want to check your credit. You know, you fill out like a personal financial statement, right. maybe your taxes. But you know, if your credit is good and you got some assets that you own, and I had like two houses at the time, they're like, cool. yeah. tell yeah. me about, about the property, right? So it was actually easier because you know, on my my duplex, they want to know all about me and they want a year's worth of stuff. Like it was crazy. Mm. So, um, <laughs> that's that's true when you are doing a loan under your name and under your business. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, yes. But also, but also the commercial banks are looking at future rental. What happens if you default? Have wow. you got more money? Have you got extra money that you're going to pay? Which is the principle that TAF here at home, there's a, there's a finance house called TUHF, TAF. They that that's how they fund. They move from that principle. They really don't care much. They they even encourage people who have had bad records to come on and buy multi -lets. Oh, wow. Yeah, because when the multi that's why they walk with you. They walk the path mm -hmm. and say, yes, you're going to make money. No, you are going to be cutting it thin. And if you are just just making it, you're not going to cover your debt. Mm -hmm. You're not going to cover our our. And if interest rates go up, you're going to be in trouble. They would mm -hmm. never let you falter. And they will show you potential to say, ah, you've got 16 doors, but this one here can actually become two more doors so mm -hmm. that you've got 17 and 18. And they are just that. They are just a different funder. You know, I've never seen a funder with heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's it. So that's such a good, juicy thing to know about commercial property and why multi, why multifamilies make sense, right? Yeah. That is wow. such a such a good one. And don't you just love them, the idea of the vision board then? Because, you know, your intention and what you write and you move from can become a reality, which is, you know, something that we just don't do enough or we don't believe in enough, right? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. agree. So I wanted to backtrack to you, Anaya, right? So you yeah. learn what you learned how to go about to fund. Mm. Right. So tell us what multilet did you get then? What is the next multilet that you got after the student workout and how did you go about getting it? 
Okay. I'm assuming you're talking about the nine unit multi one. Okay. okay. So yeah, so I didn't get the first one. That was a 16 door. So now fast forward, this is probably like another year later. Yeah. Um, I actually put in an offer on another one. Didn't get that one either. either. So yeah, staying okay. you know, get sure, a vision sure. board and making sure you're staying encouraged. So now the third one was this multi unit. Um, that I got now. There was nine doors. And initially it was really, I saw eight doors. So I was doing all of my numbers based off of eight doors. Um, so I saw it all. I found it online again for sale. Um, and honestly, it was listed at 600,000 and there was eight okay. doors. Mm. Um, now in that area, a door, a, a solid, good, well-maintained unit goes for about a hundred thousand. So oh, there were eight doors and it was only 600,000. So it's like 200,000, you know, cheaper than cheaper. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's, that's interesting. This could be a really good deal. I'm assuming yeah. obviously there needs to be some repairs, but even if I factor in the other hundred thousand per door, like it's a perfect deal. You. So yeah. Then I start telling myself, this is too good to be true. Right. So there's multiple ways you could talk yourself out of getting what's for you. Well, I'm like, this is too good. I'm going to message her, tell her that I want it, but you know, I'm probably, you know, whatever. The next day I checked, she didn't respond yet. And she replied one second. And she um, replied to my message, but this was after I saw that the house was taken down offline the next day. So I'm like, oh gosh, somebody already got it. Somebody. Yeah. Um, but she messaged me. She said, hey, it's still available. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. So then I go through what I learned with the other properties, sending in the LOI. You know, I'm getting ready to find my inspectors that are going to go out there and inspect the property. Um, I have what's called a two week due diligence here okay. that two weeks to inspect the property. You, I put inspect. down like $5,000 um, just to lock in the deal. Okay. And now I have two weeks to check how bad or how good is the unit. So cool, I'm going cool. to every single unit, the inspectors going in, checking the roof, everything foundation. Um, and during that two weeks, I say, okay, cool. The, the repairs are, are about what I thought they would be. So I'm really excited now. Um, yeah. So due diligence is done. Um, and during that time, the bank is also doing their work to see if they're going to finance my loan. I know. So uh, the house was 600000 and the appraisal or what the bank said the, the property was worth came back at $585,000. Um, oh, wow. Now, the house was still, in terms of the rents, it would still make yes. sense hundred thousand. So I sure, still would have sure. bought it, but I said, let me go back and try to renegotiate with her to see if she could take off. ten. Sure, sure. <laughs> so I told her there was unexpected issues with the foundation, even though I knew that there was going to be an issue. Um, and it was going to cost me about 35,000. And then the right. came back 15,000 under what I was going to buy it for. So I'm like, I'm in the hole about 50,000 more dollars than I expected. So yeah. I said, Hey, you take off 10,000 and I'll deal with the 40,000. Right. Um, for them, it sounded like a good deal. I take 40, they take 10. Right. So yeah, yeah, it still yeah. took a couple of days to respond. So I was getting nervous. Like maybe I should tell her, no, you know what? Forget it. I'll just take it. Out. <laughs> I'm like, no, let me just wait. So she came back and she was like, okay, fine. We'll take off the 10. And I was like, oh, this is just perfect. So the deal this got even better. It was already good. Now got even better. So 
I mean, during this time, there was a lot of obstacles. They tried to, um, you know, not give me my right amount of due diligence. They kept threatening to like give the contract to somebody else. But I was like, you'd have to pay me all the money that I already invested. Um, yeah. I, could, I wow. easily spent over 7000 just seeing if the property was good. So yeah. anyway, those yeah. obstacles. But now the bank approved me. Um, the diligence is over. And literally like a couple days before closing, they asked me to get a mold inspection, which was kind of weird. They don't usually do that. Right, so late, right. I was like, let me hurry up and get somebody because that usually takes, a, a, you know, four days and closing was in two days. I didn't want to push it back. Yeah. So while I go to do the mold inspection, they go to the crawl space and I didn't get to go to the crawl space during the regular inspection. I just had my guy go back because the door was locked. How okay. about I go and it's a whole nother unit? Like I have a whole extra unit that I didn't wow. a whole extra unit that was wasn't accounted for unit. Yes, I did not. Cause I'm thinking it's just a basement, you know, with all the stuff, but supposedly the maintenance man used to live down there. So it was, um, there is mold down there, but, um, it was, it was amazing <laughs> to find that. So <laughs> that the deal just kept getting sweeter and sweeter as I went along. Um, and then, yeah, ultimately, we just ended up closing. And uh, yeah, that's that's how I got my, my nine unit. The bank financed 438000 Right. I had to bring to the table 182000 Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. So what I did was uh, I sold my duplex. Oh, I see. Yep, I sold my duplex. I also used that money. I told you I had like 40000 that I had made from investing from my first house. Investing, I yeah. Took that. So with my sale of the house and with my money, I had about 100000 So I had yeah. to get 80000 I got another loan for that 80000 So okay. I had three different things just to come to the, <laughs> just <laughs> to for the, the down payment and the closing costs. And they financed the other 70, around 73% of the deal. So of the deal. Okay. okay. Money, gotta do a lot of creative things. To so, sorry, I didn't catch that. And I, you said that the bank financed 482,000 and how much did you have to bring? Bank to financed 438,000. Oh, 438,000. Yes. And then I had to know? bring about 182,000. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Because mm. we were we were buying it at five hundred. It was five hundred and ninety thousand. I'm not sure if I put the ten thousand towards closing. I put another ten thousand. I put that ten thousand that she took off towards yeah. closing. So it would have been one hundred and ninety-two thousand, but I put it so I had to bring one hundred and eighty-two. Yeah. Mm. Okay, and 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 yeah, that 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 is incredible. Mm-hmm. And in all that time, you didn't feel the hardship. You were just like, I'm getting this. I'm getting this because oh, the rentals yeah. were making sense. Yeah, I was like, I am getting this. I did have my doubts in the beginning because, again, they kind of they were kind of slow to respond to a lot of things. But yeah. um, I, I just felt like I was I was training for this for I wrote that in 2019. I got this house the end of 2021. So this is like two years of like studying and learning and practicing. And so, again, I try to almost talk myself out of it like it was too good to be true. And, and, you know, I have it now. Sometimes I look at it because I'm I'm doing the renovations there now. And sometimes I'm still shocked that I have this, you know. 
Um, I have been investing for a while, but I mean, I know people that have been investing for 20 years and they still don't even have a multifamily, yeah. you know? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's so, so amazing. Yeah, how's the renovation process, how, what, how's the renovation process going? It's Sorry. going well. It's going really fast. Um, I guess so right now we're probably at a month turnaround. So every unit we want to try to get it done within four weeks. So we're working on this first one now. It's going to be done by next week. And so I should have a tenant in there by March. And then okay. we go to the next unit and the next unit. That bottom unit that I randomly got, I'm actually yeah. going to turn that into an Airbnb. So... The numbers are going to be even better than, because again, that wasn't in an Airbnb could do significantly more than regular tenants. I'm super excited for that. That one is going to be the most expensive because it needs the most work, but also can generate the most income. So yeah, construction wise, the cost of materials has gone up significantly. There's a lot of inflation here after pandemic Mm -hmm. with them giving out a lot of money and stuff getting backed up. So yeah, the, the cost per unit is still more than I intended. Um, yeah. Again, it's always just factoring for worst case scenarios. So we're still on the right track um, okay. and I have a great contractor. I'm not changing contractors anymore. <laughs> okay, um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> just what I was about to say, who's holding your hand through the, <laughs> through the renovations? Because that on its own can be such a nightmare are you financing that on your own or is it being financed i am using credit cards all of it i sat down i've mastered the use of like credit cards for some renovations so i have about i have over a hundred thousand on credit cards so yeah. I literally go in and like you could do transfers, balance transfers. So if I need 10,000, I just transfer it from my credit card to my account. And of course, you just pay that down monthly. So it's like okay. a never ending loan. Right. You just pay okay. it down, you get more, pay it down. So, <laughs> so yeah, my own money that I've had to put in this deal and by the time I'm done, um, it's going to be about 800,000. My own money that I had to put sure. in um, was really only about 100,000 for 800,000 dollar deal. So yeah. people say how do you get the money for that? I'm like I really not using that much of my money. I'm using one eighth of my money to get it done. So So All right, Dean. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to know then? I feel like Yeah, I feel I just like Last question. So did you start, uh, we see that you have an LLC and I, are you buying under your own personal name? Cause you, you did take out your own money or did you start a company? So guys in South Africa, it would be a private company in the U S it's an LLC. So did you yeah. start your own, uh, did you register an LLC and are you investing through an LLC? Yes. So um, these multifamilies, because they are commercial, they have to be in an LLC. So I actually formed a new LLC. The reason why I I had one before, the reason why I formed a new one, one was for risk management purposes. But two, when I was trying to finance the loan, they wanted to ask me stuff like, you know, um, my profit and loss statement, balance sheet, a bunch of accounting documents from my previous LLC. And because I wasn't doing a flip every year, like my my 
my numbers for my business in terms of profit, it didn't look good because I was a long time and the expenses might eat away my profit. So I was like, you know what? I'm not turning in this stuff. So I got out of that by telling them I'm going to form a new LLC. So that really changed the whole game for me when it came to getting funding for the building. I didn't have to turn in all that documents because it was a new LLC. So yes, this one is in an LLC. My duplex wasn't my personal name, but pretty much all my other houses were in an LLC name. In an LLC. Yeah. And you find people who tell who tell investors, no, your LLC is too new. Your PTY limited company is too new. The banks are gonna say no. No, guys, come on. It's a business. New businesses are born every day and and new businesses are actually funded by debt they start there and then they make money and if the bank sees that this business is gonna make money then that's how they finance it gosh it upsets me every time yeah financing for a lot of people is very scary and that's how i felt too where am i gonna get you know, even my, my first house, I only needed 83000 Well, I say only now because now I'm getting like almost 500000 worth of debt. But, sure, you know, sure. back then it's like only what? Like, how am I going to get all this money? You know, but you just have to keep pushing forward and you literally will find it. You Absolutely. will. Absolutely. I love that. I, yeah. love that. I mean, you will literally find it because, like you said, even when the banks couldn't give it to you, you went to a hard money lender, right? Yeah. And you went to private lenders. Mm. And then eventually when you built that, when you built up the portfolio, then the banks were like, were interested. Right? So it's what Mies always says, that if one bank doesn't want you, go to another. And if if they all don't want you, try hard money lenders, in our case, stock files, and then also try your immediate social network Mm -hmm. someone's got money like i'm such a believer in that someone's got money and they don't know what to and they have excess money and they do something with it it. but i've had people offer me money and be like do you want to borrow money right now and i'm always like no thank you but you can guess who's always offering <laughs> yeah yeah so and and what's worse is and do you know how it used to irritate me when 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 Ven used to say um there's money in the world there's lots of money actually in the world there are people that turned us down for financing something in 2019 and said, oh, yeah, we see you're trying to borrow 3.6. Can you beef it up to minimum 5 million? We don't borrow people less than three. Like, Mm. I was sitting, I'm like, no, I don't want your 5 million. I just want to. And they were like, no, too little. 3.6, 3.6, wow, sorry. Look at that. Wow. And then there was another gentleman we were sitting at drinks with, and he's like, oh, yeah, this deal you're talking about, great, great. I, my investors don't look at anything less than 15 million rents. There's money in the world, guys. There's money in the world. It just, we just don't know. Yeah. Where you are and how you're accessing people, but I'm such a believer in that, right? Yeah. And of course, yeah. 
even though there's money in the world, part of why I'm always like, ah, no, this money is too expensive is that sometimes the money yes. is expensive, right? Which is why of course. Like, most people still prefer dealing with the banks, even though they have like all this paperwork, they're so stringent, all that. Because yeah. not, yes, there's money in the world, but we still have to look at the cost of getting that money. Sure. All righty. Yeah. Yeah, let's go next segment, ladies. Like I am full, Misa. Are you full? I'm very, I'm very full. On to the next segment of our show. Magical feedback from our hosts, where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. So guys, welcome to Magical Feedback. I am going to have Misa start us off as usual. Uh, <laughs> so when you have 10 takeaways, how many are you allowed? Three, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we don't change the I rules. Have 10. I have 10. And where I grew up, in my culture, when people want to say that, in my culture, People will say you don't learn from young people, you teach young people, but very young people ah. will teach you some, hey? Yeah, very mm. young people will teach you some because they are old. So here's my first takeaway, not because it, yeah, there's so many. So um, I like Anaya that she started with a money-making um, strategy. Mm. which is flipping. Flipping is yeah. where you buy, you refurbish, and then you resell the house and you yeah. make some money. And look at how she has moved through the strategies. But you need to have tried a strategy. You don't go and yeah. get into 15 strategies all at the same time. <laughs> she flipped her house, made some yeah. money, became a money lender, just like we do in the stock fell. Yes. And then she went into the second flip and then she went into buying multiple doors, but it was only two separate doors. Mm. And But in the two, there she was, she was house hacking because she rented out one of the bedrooms to a friend of hers and she rented out because she had bought a duplex, the other side of the duplex, she had rented it out. So she lived for free and now she's on to multi-let wow mm. isn't that amazing right isn't that wow. amazing so I like I, I like how she's moved through the strategies tried mm. tested done got mm. some money tried next thing done got some more money and she keeps trying she's trying to maximize and how I else are you going it. to learn you do by learning yes yeah. yes yeah, I love I that. Know. And I mean, like, my favorite takeaway from your takeaway is how she became yeah. a money lender, you yeah. know, which yeah. is that she's like, I don't want the money sitting in the bank. So Did you I'm see just going to loan it to other people, which is what yeah. we've been talking about with the stock file. So, and the fact that she, she made $20,000 on top of $15,000, that $15,000 yeah. made her an extra $20,000. Right. More than doubled her money. Yeah. That right there is just incredible. This is what yes. we talk about, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
My first takeaway is what she was saying is what she said about she tried, she had this vision board, and then she saw the 16 doors that she had on her vision board. <laughs> and she went after the 16 doors and it didn't happen, you right. know? Right. And she learned from that. And right. what she says is she says she trusted trust that the thing that is happening that even if a thing isn't working out, it's happening so to prepare you for what you want, right? So that is my key takeaway is to say- I love that. You can have all the vision boards. You can write everything up. You can do everything. Plan it out. You, you can plan <laughs> it out to the max and put your entire heart into it. And it will look like but this is exactly what I want. And it may not materialize, yeah. right? And that is still okay. It doesn't mean that there isn't something better just for you. For you. So this is one of my things about vision boards, right? This is my hangups yeah. because I noticed that over when I was doing them for myself. Again, this yeah. is such a personality thing. It I is. would want life to fit into the vision board. So that's why Thank I kind you. of stepped <laughs> away from that, from vision boards. But this is just for me, guys, yes. right? Because yes. I didn't, I yes. wasn't quite like an eye aware. I was like, oh, this didn't happen. So, but there's something better. I'd be like, it has to happen according to my vision board. So when exactly. I realized that it was constricting me, I decided to leave that as a tool for me yeah. because I realized that my personality was really getting messed up with that, which is messed so up. funny because Mizo can tell you my personality is all like, chill and relax chill. and flow <laughs> but for whatever reason once yeah. I'm working towards something solid and I've decided this is the only way I trip myself up to make you that do. happen you do right? so you I, do. I drive myself absolutely crazy which is why I have yeah. to almost let go of visions oh. or else I just box myself in but what I loved about Anaya is she was able to not be how I am, right? Yeah. Like, it didn't yeah. work, but it doesn't mean that multilets are not for me. It just means that, oh, I had this on my vision board and this thing is going to teach me a lesson so I get to continue. So sure. my whole point is, my takeaway is everything is a learning curve, even if it doesn't work out. Even the very thing that looks like it's yeah. not working out. And look at how it worked yeah. out. She right. thought she's buying eight apartments and she got one bonus apartment that she hadn't even worked. She, right. she hadn't even known that it existed. There was a closed door of the basement and she found out that it's another whole apartment. Mm. Love, love. I knew you would love that one on the vision board. <laughs> it's such an amazing one. It is such an amazing one. You, you are not yeah. a vision board person. Leave it. No. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about this one because I have, you know, in 2021, I ran a series of how we can fund properties or how one mm. can fund their property journey. So she, yes. she, she fitted right into it and I want to mm. talk to it. Right. So funding a single home or a home that you are going to call your primary home or just mm. buying one, one, one house, right? One mm. house where a single family can live in puts you in a certain bank or in a certain section of the bank. Yeah. But when you are buying a house that has got 
five backrooms and there are or, or there are bachelor units around that house and there are five of them or four of them, it then becomes a multi-let and it's considered a commercial mm. property. It's not your usual property. And yes. you will find in South Africa we call we we also know that it has to be zoned properly as yes. a multi-let residential property mm. right you are almost buying like a block of flats but it's not a block of flats so when you yes. walk into the same red bank or the blue bank or the green bank they will point you to the commercial section of the bank so don't mm. be afraid of those because yes. they are considered differently and when they view you they don't view you as an individual only they also view your future rental from each one of those units. It makes a lot of difference. So let's not be afraid of starting property businesses. I really like that. And can you see the, the same rule applies in the U.S.? It applies right yes. here. Nobody talks yes. to us about that, though. You, mm. you thought commercial, oh, commercial property. You're probably yeah. thinking pick and pay and Coca-Cola, these big, huge companies. But you right. can be commercial as well, right? Right, I love that. but this is what that. we do. We think of it as just that. Yeah. Even on this podcast, when we talked about commercial property, we've been talking about shops, etc. Shops. Mm. Remember, I told you how one of the banks contacted me and they asked Absolutely. me if I want a commercial loan. I was like, <laughs> "What, guys?" I was all like, I was telling everyone, I was like, "Oh my god, no!" But I have my yeah. own reasons, right, which I've shared yeah. on this podcast now. Yeah. But like, I was just like, I even told everyone, all my clients are saying, "The devil is at the door." <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's a commercial are, loan yeah but banks do give commercial property loans and yes, they do. i didn't know that they'll even call their clients to ask if yeah. you want that loan until i got the call right yeah. so mm. like you said me so you don't have to be scared and i won't lie just having that mm. as an option that i now know that wow mm. this is something that's out there for me mm. has really done something like i'm just mm. like wow okay this is interesting and so, just knowing the option exists actually releases you releases you and and releases the the money set point you've got access to funding now yeah. you know that they actually think you are worthy of their loan ah okay cool and you yeah, know but company now tax I've got, like anger issues against I them, know. so i don't and want company- to <laughs> And company tax has gone down in South Africa yesterday. The the Minister of Finance was announcing on the on the annual um, budget speech. So you know when you are a company borrowing a co- in the commercial sense, mm. you are considered a company. You pay one percent less tax than we had been mm. paying. That's why we are in property business, right? Mm. Yeah. That's so my can I just? Go off of your number two and say like my second uh, takeaway is actually the difference between hard money lenders, private lenders and banks, right? And guys, so this is huge for me because also part of why I'm like uh, to the banks and now that they want to do business, I'm like, "Uh -uh." I get super, super stressed. I think I've mentioned this. I get super Mm -hmm stress and anxious by paperwork right like my mental health goes on a 
whole different <laughs> thing. And I take this very, very seriously. Like I stress myself. I mean, like a lot of things clearly affect me, right? Vision boards, paperwork, all these things. So I have to, and I'm, so I think when I was listening to her, I was like, this is so awesome. More and more people in South Africa are starting um, property stock files, right? Mm -hmm. These are the hard money lenders that yeah. Anaya is talking about. Yeah. So we get, so don't overlook that. So maybe for all of us, it's not going to be exactly the kind of property stock file that we are doing at the Wild Ones property stock file. But you know what this reminds me of? It reminds yeah. me, I think it was of Jackie when she was talking of uh, the Airbnb lady. I think she's episode 70 sure. something. And yeah. she was talking about her husband and his friends and how they bought uh, properties by being a stock file to each other and being the yeah. bank to each other. To each so other. this is also something to consider. You don't have to, because we're going to go for developers, but maybe you start stock files that then start to help to loan to individuals who want to do something small and are not doing something on a larger scale where they yeah. can't access people like us. So that's a, that's my takeaway and just an idea that there's also money to be made in smaller scale developments with um, just brand new uh, developers like Anaya. So mm. someone can look into that. Yeah. My takeaway. That is such a good takeaway because that is, that is so important because people always ask, where do people find the money? Yeah. Mm. And there are different ways of finding the money. So mm. let's go on to my third one. The third one is exactly what we keep talking about. And of course, I'm biased as a, as a property mentor, but I'm biased towards education. This is why mm. this podcast was started. I'm feeling more nasal now. So, oh, sorry. She is. So she talks about her favorite platform is. <laughs> Bless you, Mizo. <laughs> Sorry. I am, yeah, I have got sinusitis coming on. So she talks about fortune builders as a paid for mentorship mm. where she found her property coach and her property mentor. And the platform yeah. is consistently available for her to download yeah. a contract for a contractor, contract for... Yeah for a tenant, um, house yeah. rules for her multi -led. So everything is there in, in the Fortune yeah. Builders, which is, which is a paid-for program in the U.S. And our biggest thing is if we don't want to invest in our own mentorship, we don't want yeah. to invest in our own education, there's no way mm. medical school can teach me medicine plus investing the yes. language of investment, I had to learn it outside of medical school. Yes. Right. I had to learn it. And if you can accept that when you are going to build wealth, you're going to have to go on an education, on, mm. on a wealth education journey. There is yes. no two ways about it. Because if you think you're going to call me, for five minutes or WhatsApp me for 10 minutes and say, tell me how to do the following. You are almost yeah. changing yourself. And that's what people True. do. And they're like, can I have a 
two minutes or 10 minute talk mm. with you so that I can pick your brain. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just you know, never every success, happen, right? yeah, every successful investor that I know, they have invested one way or the other in a mentorship, whether it's a weekend, mm-hmm. whether it's a whole six months, whether it's a, yes. you are not going to do it by, you can try, you can try. You can. You can try. <laughs> yeah, I don't even try. I don't even try to exercise on my own, right? So yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> it's hilarious. But yeah, yeah so wow, that's, my that's such a great takeaway. Yeah. My final takeaway is what she's doing with the current with the nine units right now. So yes. this there's one thing, right? So the first thing is how she how you can buy a building, guys, and you can make it mixed use. You can do multiple strategies in Yay. one building, which I believe Daniel spoke about that, like having one property and trying to find at least he was talking about six different streams of income yeah. under one property. So she's using an Airbnb strategy and she is also doing, uh, so she's doing Airbnb and she's also doing a uh, rental strategy, but I'm also loving how she's taking her time, right? How she's yeah. starting, she's renovating one unit at a time mm-hmm. and taking four weeks and then she puts in a tenant yeah. and then she moves into the next unit and takes four Isn't weeks it and she just... puts in a tenant. So we Yay. don't have to do it all at once, you know? So you can take your time and build up your finances and do whatever uh, and build in a way that works with your finances. You don't have to do it just one way, right? Mm-hmm. I love that she's taking her time about I this. I really, really mm-hmm. love it. I so, yeah. so, so love it. Hey? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So it is definitely so my key takeaway. Yeah. 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 So guys, let's move on to the next segment of the segment show. Segment of the show, yeah. Now on to the journey to magical expansion, where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest. So guys, welcome to Journey to Magical Expansion. Misa is going to start us off as usual. Yes, indeed. So Anaya, you did share one book, but I want to see if there is a book that changed your life. It could be a business book, it could be real estate, it could be a spiritual book or a fable. Mm. One book that changed your life. Wow. Wow, I kind of have two, but this is tough. I would say yeah. for the business-wise. Give us both. <laughs> Give us both. <laughs> okay. Well, business-wise, it was definitely yeah. Think and Grow Rich. Like I said, that's where okay. I got my my um, vision board idea from. Um, sure. you know, the concept of, again, just getting your mindset in the right place, I think is most yeah. important. A lot of people try to find the money and the this and that. It's like, no, make sure your mind is in the right place. Sure. Because when those obstacles come, you need to be able to deal with them. Yeah. So that book has taught me the right mindset and then how to go about the actual process of what, making what I want a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, the spiritual book that has been life changing for me is really just the Bible. Um, you know, there's a lot of biblical concepts that are, people don't realize are actually 
real life concepts that when you apply them, even from a business perspective, yeah. it actually works, you know? Yeah. Um, so for me, um, resting, shockingly, I never used to do this, but, you know, for, for us and my family, we rest on the seventh day, which is like a biblical uh, Old Testament okay. concept. But me taking that rest, rest my mind. So six days I work and on that last day I rest and I revamp for the for the week. You know, yeah. get energy yeah. that I need, my mental clarity, I, I reflect. So those two books have have really changed me. Or love me. that. Love, love, love that. Mm. Uh, rest is something that is key in the Bible, like resting on the seventh day. I love that. Like that obviously just resonates with my own personal <laughs> philosophies on rest. Cause I think what you've just said is so powerful. So thank you for that. Anaya. what keeps you inspired? Wow. Um, well, I it's hesitant to say my baby cause he just got here a few months ago. Um, <laughs> my inspire, my inspiration is really my community. Um, I have a really, uh, strong community here. Um, okay. and we just help to uplift each other. Um, encourage each other. Um, again, we're a group of Black um, people here in America. And yeah. we just try to, again, a lot of us own our own businesses and, you know, so, just try to use the skills that we've been blessed with to to serve our, ourselves, our community, our family. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a lovely answer. And do you have anything you wish you had known before embarking on your property investment journey, um, Anaya? Is mm. there anything that you look back on and you're like, man, somebody should have told me about this? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Hmm. So many. Let me see which one. Um, I think it kind of boils down to, oh, man, which one would it be? Well, I'll just list one. I think the money thing, the money thing for me was really an obstacle. I mean, I literally could not fathom almost having a million dollars to invest in a property a few years ago. You know, mm. so somebody would have told me, hey, listen, you know, you just keep going, you you get your stuff together, um, get your experience and money will just, you know, be there. And again, I think that's part of the book that I read too, but it's it's hard to really believe it when it's sitting in front of your face, you know. Mm. So I just wish that I really would have known not to focus so much on money, um, finding the money, or stressing about the money as much as you doing getting the experience and knowledge and wisdom that you need, and the money is gonna gonna come. Very very powerful. So, why do you think you still need to learn? Why do in, I think I still need to learn? Yeah, it's in property. What or why? What? Oh, what so, do I still need to learn? Oh, yeah. man, there's, it's never ending. Um, well, I think the next thing that I want to learn is how to build um, houses. Like I said, I've, I did one that I did a small addition on the back, but ultimately I really want to build my own city. Sure. Um, Ideally, it's going to be in Kenya. Yeah. That's where we want to move to. Um, but I want to learn how to build my own city. You know, like we see this, all these other people's communities. It's like, why can't we have our own, you know, have our own schools, our own, you know, hair salons, barbershops. And, you know, for me, I know a lot of people sometimes talk about building a city, but I'm like, no, literally, like I'm learning now how to handle 
Now I'm not just handling like an apartment building. I'm handling people that are in that apartment building, you know? Yeah. It's a leadership yeah. practice. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. So you, you, have, you know, how to deal with people that are of different, you know, understandings, yeah. you know? So right now I'm just, I want to learn how to oh, build wow. the world, I guess. <laughs> and I think that is just in a lifelong <laughs> journey that will, you know, it'll really never end, you know? Yep. Um, I do want to yep. see yep. that come through for Rich. <laughs> You're speaking our language and you're like, we want to build our, for like black folk. Mm. Yes, yes, please. Why not? Right. Why not? Why not? That is exactly on our intention board. So what property resource what real estate resource do you want to share with our listeners it can be a podcast a youtube video your go-to youtube video mm. or your go-to podcast um it's tough because my go-to is something that i paid for um so yeah. my go-to is my fortune builders platform it's something sure. online if i want to pull a contract if i want to sure. pull contacts if i want to pull any information there's videos that shows me how to do about everything in real estate mm -hmm. um so my go-to is fortune builders um but um yeah. I, so i don't really necessarily have a free resource at the time That's but okay. i would say i do love listening you know we're, we're often busy um so yeah. If it's something that you just want to listen to, you know, I would just, I listen to a lot of things on YouTube. I don't have a particular channel, okay. uh, but I do learn okay. a lot from listening to YouTube. Too. All right. Mm, that is awesome. Okay. So um, how do you, uh, how do people get hold of you, Anaya? And also, can you tell us what was your intention with this podcast? Why did you say, yes, I want to come on this podcast and okay. how do people get hold of you? So people can get a hold of me at my email. Um, yeah. I'll say it, maybe I'll want to send it out to you, but my email is Shanika, which was my previous name. So it's S-H-A as in apple, N as yeah. in nice, I-K-A. Um, so the at sign. Mm -hmm. Feel, mm -hmm. so F as in Frank, E-E-L, mm -hmm. at, which A-T, home, mm -hmm. LLC.info. So okay. you got feel home LC dot info is my email, or you can find me Shanika Robinson on Facebook. Um, okay, cool. And well, the other question was, I forgot the other question. Why did you come on the podcast? Why, Why did you say podcast? yes? Um, yeah, so uh, I definitely have attracted a lot of attention after my nine unit purchase. And I've had a lot of people send me questions. And honestly, I have not gotten to get back to everybody either but essentially you know i just want to be able to give people you know information that i would have wanted um that is easily accessible isn't that true you know, yeah can help um but yeah just easily accessible in whatever way so i find yeah. that if i come on a podcast or do an interview i can reach a lot more people than if i'm just answering one-off messages that's so. true yeah, that's true. And yeah, and somebody who who's sitting there thinking they can't or they don't know where to be, even begin, you just make it possible when you tell them it is so possible. It is so possible. So, Nika, this has been such an amazing interview with your baby and he's been so peaceful. So this is this is so great. Oh, thank you all so much for having me on. I enjoyed it.
Absolutely. We'll Thank share the link when it becomes available. Okay. All righty. You all have yeah. a wonderful day. Thank you. You too, Anaya. And guys, thank you so much for coming through. Thank you so much, Property Magician. So we've just finished deal number three. We invested one point. Two million, right, Mizo? Almost yes. 1.2 million rand in the third deal. So that's about 90-something thousand US dollars, so 80-something 80, 80 thousand US dollars. Guys, we're still fundraising for the same developer because Sarkisivu, I think, uh, has paid them 900,000. So in total, they've yeah. got about... 2.1 million from yeah. both of us, or just over 2 million. So they needed 3 million. So they're going to get more money. So we're fundraising for them and we will cut, we will stop fundraising on March 21st, uh, 2022. So you still have time to join in this deal. We'll, spot, we'll have another separate contract with the developer. Do join us. This has been so exciting and the return on investment is 17% per annum. So in a year, you'll make 17% on your money. And we've got people from all over the world, literally from all over the world now partaking in the stock file. So it's very exciting. So if you're listening to this and you want to be part of this, please go. If you are not based, if you're based in Namibia, Lesotho, South Africa, and Swaziland, you can go on your Android phone, go to Google Play, uh, go to Google Store, go to Play Store, go to iStore, if you're with iTunes, if you're with Apple. And then if you are with Huawei, you can go to Petal Search and download Stockfella. And once you've signed up for the Stockfella app, look under groups and look for Wealthy Ones Property Stockfell. Our name will be changing soon. We'll update you guys on that. Um, but not just yet, right? We want to finish deal number four and then we'll uh, change the name and we'll explain why. And if you are not based in any of these four countries, please go to wealthy-money.com forward slash Stockfell, S-T-O-K-V-E-L. That's how you spell Stockfell. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash Stockfell. And look at how you can join the Stockfell if you are not based in these four countries. We have many people that are not in these four countries who have joined the Stockfell. And that webpage will explain everything to you. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mizo. Thank you, Anaya. Thank you, Property Magicians. We'll see you guys next week. All righty. Thank you for listening, Property Magicians. My name is Vangile Makwakwa, and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free, and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page, or find me on Twitter and Instagram as Vangile Makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. 
Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc, Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians Podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at miranda at wealthy-money.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.